Welcome to the Do the Woo podcast, where we talk about all things WooCommerce and other news that affects you as a Woo user. I know personally that Liquid Web offers some of the best WooCommerce managed hosting you'll find that'll fit your needs no matter what you are selling or the size of your online store. So I suggest you check them out over at liquidweb.com. And if you use a code BOBWPWOO, that's B-O-B-W-P-W-O-O, you'll get 50% off any plan for your first two months. So head on over to liquidweb.com. And now on to the show. Hey everybody, it's Do The Woo, episode 12, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Mr. Brad Williams. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. We got actually snow on the... I was going to say, you're snowed in, right? Yeah, snowed in. I went out there and trudged through the three inches (laughs) yesterday, and it was was pretty pretty critical. It's like, uh, you don't get a lot of snow there, right? So is that just like chaos when when you do get a couple inches you know it's it's interesting because we're unlike seattle when we get snow here everybody just kind of oh yeah you know somebody was asking do we have plows it's like yeah the (laughs) one that sits there for two years and waits but it's not that bad i mean you know in seattle the seattle area now when they get snow they have all the hills and that's where it gets really really nasty very very hilly yeah Yeah, uh, very we got hit hard last week with some negative temperatures, and this week, right now, it's a beautiful, like, 50-some degrees out, so it's like a heat wave. I've got the flip-flops out. I'm ready to go to the beach. I'm ready. I'm ready for spring, and it's just a tease, I think, but the weather has been interesting this year. <laughs> yeah, it has, and our uh, guest, uh, Chris Badgett from Lifter LMS, um, welcome, and I know you're up in some a little bit of snow yourself, right? Yeah, I'm in a small town on the coast of Maine, and I actually have a little cabin office I built in my backyard. So I, I just walk through maybe four inches of snow <laughs> in my Crocs to get to my office every day. So he's like trying to hold in the laughter when you're talking about three inches of snow. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's nothing. That's nothing in Maine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I grew up on um, much deeper snow, but over here it's it's yeah it's uh it's it's everybody gets really freaked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But we survived. So, Chris from Lifter LMS, um, few of us know about it. A lot of us know about it. You know, I, I shouldn't say a few of us. Brad and I know about it. Uh, I'm sure there's a few people out there that don't know about it and what you do. And so, tell us not only what you do, but, you know, kind of what's new in the world of Chris these days. Yeah. Well, Lifter LMS, LMS stands for Learning Management System. So you can use that to create an online course website or a um, training-based membership site that might have like some coaching, some courses, some members-only downloads, that kind of stuff. You can even create a full-on online school. Uh, We've seen Lifter used in um, university academic departments. People build like Udemy-style clones with it. So it's really scalable from like a one course website all the way up to a multi-instructor school. What's new with it is we just released our WooCommerce 2.0 integration. We always had Woo from the beginning as an option, even though Lifter has its own native e-commerce system with Stripe and PayPal. But uh, we always wanted to integrate with Woo because of the wonderful WordPress community and all the 
ecosystem that's built out around WooCommerce, payment gateways in all kinds of countries and whatnot. So that's what's new. And in life, I'm uh, I'm just a work at home dad, loving life. And uh, you know, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, thanks for coming on. We're excited to kind of dig in a little bit. I'm I'm curious from from your side how, and I'll speak from my side, being in client services, building websites, using products like yours. We've seen a pretty big uptick uptick in LMS uh, leads coming out the door. People requesting, uh, you know, wanting to integrate, you know, learning management systems, build out either new ones or integrate into the existing sites, like a, a really large uptick in the past, literally just a few months. Um, and I'm curious on your side, are you seeing the same thing? Has it always been there? And maybe we're just now tapping into it, but I'm really curious if is LMS really on the rise um, or am I just, you know, starting to be a little more aware of what's it, you know, that type of stuff. I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, the online course movement or I want to have a membership site to monetize my knowledge or whatever, it's it's really having a moment right now. And it, and it has been for the past little bit. I started out as a WordPress freelancer in about 2011 and uh, built up an agency. I started blogging about... Um, I started doing my own online courses actually in the permaculture and organic gardening niche. And I used a theme off of uh, theme forest that had some LMS features and I started blogging in the theme. In the theme. Yeah. <laughs> and I started blogging about that on my, you know, freelancer web design blog. And most people didn't read my blogs, but all of a sudden I started getting all these comments and engagement. And then people wanted to hire me to do course sites, membership sites. And this was a long time ago. So I've seen this like steady rise. Later, we transitioned our agency to just a product business. But at the height of the agency days, we were focused exclusively on membership sites and course sites, mm-hmm. kind of expert expert sites. And uh, there's just been growing demand. And I think it's really interesting because the first movers in all this was like in the technology space community colleges and universities have had a hard time traditionally keeping up with their computer science programs to be current. So other entrepreneurs pop up like Team Treehouse, Pluralsight, uh, Code Academy, all these like online courses around how to code, you know, we're kind of the early adopters. But I think what maybe what you're seeing right now is everybody else is coming too. So mm-hmm. this this trend has been happening for a long time, but we're kind of in a here comes everybody moment right now. Yeah, and a lot of um, the requests that we're seeing and, and contacts we're speaking with, um, I think a lot of people probably when they hear LMS, they're thinking kind of like the examples you mentioned. But a lot of what we're seeing too is just internal training for companies, which yeah. is a, which is a really cool application for an LMS. It's not public; it's internal. It's to train your employees, um, maybe help them grow from you, be, you know, being maybe low level to to more senior level or even into management which I, is just a really beautiful application for these LMS systems that I don't think a lot of people are, are thinking about, right? Like there's just a lot of different uses for this type of a system than just kind of the, the than just like the public kind of, you know, sign up and, and take some courses approach. Yeah, there's the, uh, our original beachhead market was the education entrepreneur. But what I noticed is all these other markets started coming in and we were joking before we hit record about some things on my board. Uh, behind the me here, sauce back there. Zoom in. <laughs> yeah. This actually <laughs> says internal training right here. There's the expert over there. We've got blended learning. We've got an online marketplace, uh, online schools, continuing ed, and then product marketing and onboarding. So there's all these different use cases. Like I was starting to get some corp- corporations coming in, 
mm-hmm. and they were using the tool to like change their train their managers to um create like hr like you know kind of like sexual harassment like compliance courses and all yeah. this like forklift training safety all this this whole world not just kind of experts wanting to make money on the internet just bread and butter training for companies yeah it's a really practical uh, really kind of low cost option, you know, to, especially could, you can imagine like the corporate world, like the systems they have traditionally had in place to do uh, corporate training and to track it very, probably very, really archaic, older technology, probably very expensive licensing models. And just, it doesn't make sense in this day and age when you can, you know, take a product like yours, which, you know, by and large is an absolute steal at the price um, on the professional side, you know, um, and kind of roll this out yourself without even really getting into the code. You have a very robust system that internally you can train your employees. Um, and a lot of it is with compliance. Like you mentioned, you know, um, sexual harassment and, and maybe drug use or whatever. Like these are, um, these are critical, uh, training, you know, uh, systems internally with companies that they have to make sure they get right, or they could be in some serious trouble. Um, so I, I love seeing things like that where it's like, it, it, when you hear it, you're like, well, of course they do that. Of course people are doing that, but it's not the initial reaction when you hear about a, a, an LMS or maybe some other product of how people are using it. And it's really cool to see that really take hold. Cause it just, I mean, I'm sure you're happy because it expands your market even more. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. curious. I, one, one thing you mentioned, and, and this is, I guess, slightly off topic of e-commerce, but um, I'll try to wrap it up here, Bob. I know I get, a little geeky out on this type of stuff. Yeah, but you mentioned, I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> we bear <laughs> you, with it. Though. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned going from agency to products. And I love, I always love those stories because it's, it's, it, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like you kind of stumbled on a good idea. Like you said, you started like getting, you started writing about, you started getting a lot of inquiries about it. And you're like, Oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build these systems. And then at some point you kind of decided to roll your own product and then a potential release. And now you're doing it full time. So maybe you can just, you know, very quickly kind of share with us the, uh, how that came to be and kind of the deciding factor that pushed you over the edge to go full, full-time products. Well, I'll give you the short version. I mean, it's kind of one of those nine years to overnight success stories. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> I, I started out as a solo freelancer. I sold my first website for $100. I got up to about the $2,000 website as a solo freelancer. Then I realized I wasn't a web developer or a designer. So I started hiring those people to build an agency and we started selling like $5,000 sites. Then I merged my agency with another agency, combined companies. Mm-hmm. And then we started doing the higher end stuff, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 sites. And then we uh, got well known in the Infusionsoft community and started doing even bigger, fifty, sixty, eighty thousand $80,000 projects, building a lot of custom tech on top of WordPress and application development and more advanced marketing stuff. And uh, it was in that that those some of those big clients were the very first users of Lifter LMS. So we essentially used our agency to bootstrap mm-hmm. products. So it went from a 17-person agency down to where I am today, um, uh, eight-person product company. So that's kind of the short version of how that happened. But it 100%, the key glue to glue it all together was that picking a niche and a focus of we do LMS and membership sites, course sites, and these are our people. These are these are who we're going to serve. And once we had that focus, if everything got a lot easier. Yeah, I love I love those stories. Another one that comes to mind is like Rocket Genius, how they were kind of a tra- traditional agency, just like you described, and they you know eventually released Gravity Forms, and that became their that became their business. You know, they didn't set out on day one to to turn into a products company like you. 
but they ended up there um, and ha- have been very successful. So I love hearing those stories and seeing those stories. I'm still on the agency side. <laughs> Maybe we'll, I uh, doubt no, we won't, uh, probably not. We have some products, but that, uh, that'll be our full-time gig. But uh, I definitely love uh, living vicariously through people like you because it looks like a lot of fun. Well, I also admire Web Dev Studios, like enterprise WordPress development. Like I, I just have a ton of respect for that and that level. Like I know you guys recently released a Pace uh, portfolio piece for yeah, that Pace company. Foods, yep. mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm like, wow, I couldn't imagine handling a client that big. And I have a lot of respect and admiration for what you do. Thanks. Well. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun, right? Like when you when you grow, and and it's probably the same with you when you're starting to see people, you know, brands you recognize use your products. You know, we get the same. Um, you know, kind of emotion when we are launching sites with brands that we recognize and have grown up with. Um, and we can share with our friends and family, be like, look, we built something and you know what it is. You know, it's not some random <laughs> website that doesn't <laughs> just don't quite understand. It's like, yeah, you know what Pace Foods is or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that. It's always it's always fun to see see companies grow, especially in this space and just, you know, keep spreading the good word of WordPress. So cool story, man. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, very cool. And how about the WooCommerce end of things? Was that by customer demand or was it a market you wanted to tap into or both? It was intentional from the very beginning in the way that we built on top of WordPress. Uh, We wanted to, even though we had our own native, we wanted to solve what I call the software Frankenstein problem in WordPress where for an online course or membership site, people would get like all these plugins made by different companies to like kind of make it work. And that's what it was like back in 2011, 2012. So we wanted to be an all-in-one. So we wanted to have our own e-commerce. But being a WordPress guy, I had to give some love to WooCommerce and just respect for that huge community over there. And I, I yeah. wanted to be able to, if somebody had a, you know, lived in a country uh, that, um, wasn't supported by Stripe, I wanted them to be able to find their payment gateway on WooCommerce and, you know, create their course and sell it through Woo. So it was really that, um, that one of our core values is internationalization and like just being a good global citizen. So that's, that's kind of why we went with WordPress and Woo from the, from the very beginning there. And I, I think it was Jason Cohen from WP Engine there he made a comment a long time ago. It might have even been on Dradcast where he said that uh, he, he was talking about the scale of the internet. Like we don't really understand how big the internet is. Mm-hmm. And that he was talking in reference to choosing WP Engine and, and building out that market. But um, I've always, when he said that, I really took that to heart. Like we really don't understand how big the internet is. Learning is a global problem. I don't want to put anything in my way that's going to prevent somebody anywhere in the world from getting up and running. You know, since we're WordPress, everybody's democratizing something. So we're, we're democratizing education. Just want to make that globally accessible. Yeah, cool. that's great. I mean, that's, a, I mean, it's a smart move, right? Like WooCommerce, like you said, has a, a huge community, um, you know, a huge company behind it now with automatic owning it. Um, and to, you had, you really had two options, right? Like either integrate with them, um, or try to directly compete with them at all levels, which um, I think we can all agree is probably not the best approach. You know, well, we, well, we do both. Like we do have our own native e-commerce. You have your own, but, but like you mentioned, like having a, a gateway for every single payment processor in the world, oh, yeah. just like WooCommerce has. You know, that's where it gets challenging. And I mean, I think you took the smart approach of integrate with these tools that people already use and love, and then to bring your uniqueness of the LMS components into that system. Right? I think is awesome. So, um, really cool to see that tight integration now. 
Yeah, very cool. And we'll have you tell us a little bit more about some of the specific features at the end there where we, when we share our Woo tools. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and move in. We have some really incredible stories here to, uh, not really, but um, it was a little, <laughs> little tight to find some really juicy stuff. I'm going to, I only, I'm only doing this one because Brad at least has some <laughs> inkling of this and Myself, I don't have any inkling of it, and I'm not sure about Chris, but I noticed that there was a, came across an article, WooCommerce opens its doors to Bitcoin SV. And it was like, oh, okay, well, Brad, what what the heck do you think about that? I mean, to me, it looked like the article was talking about that this is intentionally making it where you can only accept Bitcoin through your site, nothing else. And and I'm not sure what the implications of that or what the pros and cons are. Any thoughts there from either view? Yeah, I mean, um, so Bitcoin SV is a is basically a new fork of Bitcoin Cash, which was a fork of Bitcoin. So without getting too technical, and I can't even totally wrap my head around all of this stuff, but basically cryptocurrencies, they're open source, majority of them. Um, think of taking something like WordPress and forking it and making it, you know, kind of go down, a, start to head a different direction. Just like WordPress was a fork of uh, what, B5 uh, media? Is that what it's called? B5? Yeah, B2, B5, something like that. Um, so basically, this is a fork of the currency with kind of a different vision of of the direction that Bitcoin should go. Um, right. So without at a high level, that's what we're talking about here. So basically, they're offering, there's a plugin so you can accept these different um, types of cryptocurrencies, these different um, Bitcoin cryptocurrencies, if you will. So I think the um, that's cool. And there's a number of different ways you can accept all sorts of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin being the, the largest and most well-known, but there's hundreds, if not thousands of what they call altcoins um, of different types of currency like Bitcoin that have different, you know, goals and different, you know, uh, kind of ways you interact with it. And um, it's crazy. If you start digging into cryptocurrency, it is a huge rabbit hole. Um, it's, it's very technical when you get into kind of the, the behind the scenes and the blockchain, you know, how that all works and stuff. But I think what, what interests me about this is just the idea of accepting crypto, uh, cryptocurrency for payments, you know, like mm. rather than a traditional U.S. dollar or euro or, or whatever, um, but having the option or maybe the only option of accepting accepting cryptocurrency and and Chris, I would kind of throw that over to you. Like, is this something that you're seeing people asking about? Like, are they wanting to accept cryptocurrency on, on, on you know, from your stance? Have you heard much about it? Yeah, we we do get that as a, I, w- I wouldn't say it's like a top feature request, but there's definitely a segment of people who, who want crypto payment gateways. And the other interesting thing is that we actually see, I've seen a fair number of people using our tool to create crypto training courses because- oh, yeah. You know, obviously, there's a need for education around this because it's kind of a new thing, and mm-hmm. um, so that's just what I'm noticing on the LMS side. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely you know, there's there's some people that are like 100 percent all for cryptocurrencies. There's other people that have no interest in it and probably don't care about it or understand it. And then there's kind of the people in the middle that are like, well, this is interesting. And with all the hype when Bitcoin was kind of going through the roof, you know, uh, not this past New Year, but the year before. Um, it got a lot of interest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies because the numbers were skyrocketing. Now they've kind of settled back down to more reasonable values, but um, it is an interesting idea. You know, I think it's something that when you sit down with a store, whatever you're selling, whether it's, you know, uh, learning, 
you know, classes, whether it's products, whether it's whatever plugins, um, you need to kind of define how you want to accept payment and how you're comfortable accepting payment, right? Just like, do you want to take credit cards? Do you want to use, you know, offer PayPal? Um, you might bring in some more business if you offer, you know, cryptocurrency payments, but you need to kind of understand what that means. How do you take a Bitcoin and convert that into dollars? <laughs> you know, because um, you have to do that, you know, at some point or, or you just hold it as more of an investment. But I'm always fascinated to see. I haven't seen a lot of pay with Bitcoin when I check out at places. Yeah. Um, I went around my local area here and asked as I just one day randomly if, if people accept Bitcoin. Um, nobody did. And everybody wanted to talk about it a lot when I asked. So <laughs> I stopped asking. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was thinking the same thing. I haven't seen it hardly on any sites and it would be real interesting. Any of the, I don't want to say huge players, but I wonder if the people that are accepting Bitcoins, the sites that are, if it's a smaller, you know, online sales, I mean, are there any really bigger ones that are throwing that into the mix or not? I don't know. The, the tricky part about crypto is it's very volatile. So it, the value changes quickly, right? So you might show, you know, imagine you're someone's buying something that costs a hundred dollars, uh, you know, us dollars, USD. And, you know, so they pay whatever the conversion is in crypto. And then the next day crypto drops 10%. Well, instead of making that hundred dollars, you now made, you know, 80 bucks. Right. So, um, that, I think that's one of the biggest challenges It's not, it's not as stable as, you know, the currencies we're used to. So it almost feels like you're playing with a stock a little bit because it goes up and down. So I think that's a big turnoff, right? You want to, you want to kind of understand the, the dollar that you're getting in the door and not if it's going to be up or down or, you know, if I need to cash out or if I should hold on to it, that's just a whole nother level of complexity that as store owners, you got enough to worry about, right? The last thing you want to worry about is how much is your money worth? So yeah. it's a good option. I think we're seeing more of a push overseas right now than in the U.S. Um, you know, whether that'll change probably in the future. I think I do think there is something to crypto, but I think it's still very, very young. Uh, and we're still a little ways out from it really becoming mainstream. Right. Well, the other woo news is just that. You know, I don't think there's really anything to discuss on this. It's just if anybody's listening that doesn't know that the um, dev chats are back for WooCommerce. I guess they took a break. In fact, I think I read somewhere that they weren't getting quite the involvement or people weren't in it, you know, showing up as much as they'd hoped. So they started that again on January 31st. So for all those devs that want to, I guess, go and uh, talk WooCommerce, that's an opportunity for them. And the third one is not Woo-related, but I thought this is something maybe we might all three of us be able to chime into a little bit winners, losers in 2018 e-commerce. This is on site called uh, chainstorage.com. And uh, they talk about the winners, you know, we kind of all know the winners or whatever, but I thought some of the, some of the losers, of course, I don't want to make it negative, but losers, uh, interesting stuff there. And I, I I'm just going to start because the one thing that, I found was, um, it says officedepot.com only takes 3% of office product sales online since amazon.com takes a massive 84%. And I find that interesting in the fact that I went in an office, office depot. I haven't gone in an office depot forever. And it they seem to have less options now in the store. I think they're pushing for people to order online. Obviously, they're not, 
anywhere near doing the success of office products as Amazon, which probably has a lot more office products. But I just noticed we went in, I can't remember what it was for. It was actually for um, um, that grid notepad paper. I don't know if you know what I mean. It's notepads that have the grid lines yeah. on them. Chris probably has one. Yeah. The there you go. <laughs> anyway, it used to go in and there would be like all these packs of it and stuff. And man, we had to search everywhere. And finally asked somebody, they took us over to this little corner spot and said, oh, down there, there's a pack. It's like one pack, you know? So it, it's just interesting. That yeah. that kind of caught my eye just from experience. Uh, what what else there do you see that's um, worth talking about or, or noting or saying, whoa, I... I I've experienced that myself. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the winners are obvious, you know, Amazon, obviously, Target, Walmart. Like, these are ones that you hear about a lot. We probably are all use at some point. You know what I'm curious, though? It doesn't actually specifically state. It, I'm assuming this includes ordering online and picking up at the store just because the transaction is online. So I'm making that assumption. It doesn't actually state that because I feel like that is the big push and honestly the big win that walmart target office depot they have they have physical locations so to be able to order online and literally drive there and get it in like an hour um there is a there's still a big value to that amazon's quick but there's there's few products and few places where you can get something that quick they do do that fast orders but it's usually certain products in certain locations right so i've had to do that before yes i would love to order this thing on amazon but i need it today so I had to order it, something from Home Depot, ordered on Home Depot, went and picked it up, boom, just walked in, grabbed it and left, you know? And I think that from the retail standpoint is something these companies need to be going all in on. I, Walmart has made a huge push in that this past year. You, you probably saw the commercials if you watched the Super Bowl, even Walmart had the Super Bowl commercials about order online, pick up at the store, because that is the, that's the differentiator, I can never say that word, that's the difference between you know, all these retail stores and Amazon and they need to, they need to play that card as, as strong as they can. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because on the thing it said that Walmart's growth outpaced Amazon in five major areas, household essentials, personal care, pets, food, and beauty. And you think of those, those would be something you might be more likely to say, I need them. I'll order them online and I'll pick them up. And they might've clarified that that could have been a huge factor in, mm -hmm. in the, their growth because that makes the most sense. It's like your cat or your dog needs food. I'm going to order online and pick it, just run through, pick it up when I go there versus, oh, sorry, cat, you got to wait a while here because I live in a rural area and it'll come in two days because I'm a prime member on Amazon. In the meantime, you know, just live with it. So anyway, <laughs> I would say uh, jet.com is not looking too good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've dropped 56% in online transactions year over year. That is not good. Not yeah. good at all. So I'd, I've never ordered from jet.com, but I've seen the commercials. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's always interesting to look at these numbers. I think most of it, again, obviously, even on the loser side, like Sears.com, which is on the brink of bankruptcy. Of course, their online is suffering, you know, like <laughs> obvious one. But uh, yeah, I, another one that stood out too is Wayfair. So, like the fact that they're really cornering that market on online furniture sales, um, yeah, doubled from seven percent in January twenty seventeen to fourteen percent uh, this past holiday season um, for furniture transactions is 
is pretty remarkable because that is a tricky business, just the size, right? The shipping piece of shipping someone a couch set or shipping a dining room table is a uh, just logistically there's more challenges and more cost around that. So um, it seems like they have it figured out and they're growing, which is a, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Now, Chris, you, you're pretty rural, right? Yeah. yeah so I, I live outside of a town of 5,000 people and uh, okay. The, uh, there's no, I have to drive an hour to get to the big box store. And I'm also kind of an anti-consumer. I don't shop a lot, but I'm finally got pushed over the edge into Amazon prime this past Christmas. And then I realized I had prime video. So I kept it. I've been updating a lot of the tech in my office. So I kept prime for that. And, um, so just as somebody who doesn't have easy access to the box stores, I'm becoming an Amazon power user. But another thing I noticed was, Etsy is not in this article. Um, I have a, like a little home office cabin I'm building and I went to go buy, I, I heat this room that I'm in right now by a wood stove. And I went to go buy a fire fireplace poker at the hardware store. And it was like this cheap thing from China. And I went on Etsy when I got home and there was like this twisted, like beautiful artwork, like uh, fireplace poker for like a couple bucks more done. <laughs> so like I go to Amazon for, you know, the good deals on this stuff that's like everywhere, the tech and everything. But yeah. Etsy, Etsy is really starting to grow on me as like, if you want something that, that's just like a little bit artistic uh, or just not necessarily the cheapest, but it has a little more design quality to it. I could see Etsy really growing a lot more moving forward as well. I love Etsy. It's, it's, I like Etsy for like, um, like Christmas shopping, you know, for like family um, cause it is, you're right. It's very unique stuff. So if you have a sense of what, you know, maybe a family member that's a little bit hard to shop for, but you know, things they're into, like you can just go to Etsy and find really creative, you know, pieces or whatever, um, kind of in line with that stuff that you, you're right. You'll never find on Amazon, um, or, or any of the, the retailers. So yeah, I like Etsy. It's one that I, I generally for like gift giving, I usually start there, um, and find good stuff. And it's always got a cool story. Like it's a little shop and someone kind of doing it on the side, but producing really cool stuff, like you said. And, um, it's neat. I like Etsy. All right. Well, those are our stories. I think that's it. And we're, we're getting towards the end here. We're going to do our woo tools and I'm going to have Chris shares his last, cause I want to hear a little bit more about the, the cool features that come with this woo commerce piece, but I'm going to let Brad start with his woo tool. Yeah, my Woo Tool um, is a product for WooCommerce called. It's from iThemes. You're probably familiar with them. The iThemes Sales Accelerator. We talk about uh, reporting and data around WooCommerce and just e-commerce in general and how vital it is. Um, so this is essentially a product that sits on top of your WooCommerce store um, and brings some really good data. You know, at a at a click or a touch of the screen. Um, you know various numbers like returning versus new and top countries and spend by day of the week. And you can really um, get drilled down into that. It can help you with like, you know, inventory and kind of intelligently understanding inventory levels and, and making sure you're keeping products in stock. Um, it does a lot more than that. I'm definitely kind of high level, but, uh, but check it out. iThemes.com slash sales dash accelerator or just search iThemes sales accelerator. It'll pop right up. Um, but they always produce really good products. Um, and this is another one. So check it yeah. out. Yeah, that's an excellent one. So I don't know if a podcast is actually a tool, but I'm going to go off <laughs> go off the radar here because of the fact that I don't think we'll have a show before this. Uh, 
comes out. Um, on the 19th, my other podcast, I'm going to be having Todd Wilkins, uh, uh, head over at WooCommerce, and Matt Mullenwig, uh, the guy that kind of um, hangs around at WordPress quite a bit. Uh, going to have both of them on talking about WooCommerce and the e-commerce space in WordPress, just kind of picking their brains a little bit. So that that should be informative and interesting. And I uh, just thought I'd let everybody know in case they want to uh, pop in and grab that on Tuesday nineteenth. It'll be out. Are you are you cheating on me, Bob? I thought I thought we were the only. I thought we podcast together. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, are you got a side podcast you're not telling me about. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, how I learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be a good show. I mean, that's going to be very informative. So looking forward. To yeah, that. yeah. I, I, this is you know I, I think it's a, um, I've I've asked Matt a few times, so I just kind of kept at it. And I, I I I got to talk to him a little bit at WordCamp US, and then I followed up and got him on the show. So um, great. So, so, so it'll be fun. So, hey, Chris, you got to tell us more about the um, this cool Woo tool. I will, but first I want to mention that um, Brad does have another podcast as well with a Matt M, Matt Madeira. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, that, that ridiculous <laughs> There's uh it's this goes both ways. I just want to clear the air there. But uh yeah, we, we won't get into that too much, will we? No. <laughs> so uh Lifter LMS WooCommerce 2.0 just rolled out. Uh we've Lifter LMS is four and a half years old and we've had WooCommerce integration from the very beginning. But what happened, Lifter over time, the native e-commerce system got more powerful than the WooCommerce integration. About 20% of our customers use Woo instead of the native Lifter LMS for uh, in order to get a, the payment gateway access they want to get. They're selling a lot of other products besides courses and memberships and need the full-on retail store, or they need some other cool, useful um, extension that Woo has, like uh, some of the stuff they use for tax, tax management as an example. But uh, what we did with WooCommerce 2.0 is we just upgraded all the features so that Everything you could do in the native Lifter LMS e-commerce around uh, recurring payments and limiting access uh, based on enrollment periods, time periods, payment failures, and everything, they're exactly the same across native Lifter and in WooCommerce. So if you do want to check that out, you can find the Lifter LMS WooCommerce integration at LifterLMS.com. We have two bundles. The universe bundle is most of our stuff and the infinity bundle is all of our stuff. And those are other ways to also get access to uh, the Lifter LMS WooCommerce integration. Excellent. So yeah, looking forward to checking that out. I, I know I'll definitely be doing that. Well, Chris, uh, want to thank you for coming on today's show. Really appreciate hearing more yeah, about... it great. Yeah, all the cool stuff. I, I I think maybe I'll have you on the other podcast again sometime soon. You know, sounds broad. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot for having me. I just wanted to say thanks to you guys. It's it's amazing to come on a show when I've listened to you guys long before I've been on your shows. So it's uh it's it's an honor. So thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you. It's been a lot of fun. Best of luck with Lifter. It's really cool to hear your story and and see it growing. And it looks like a, a great product one. I definitely will be checking out. Thanks a lot. Cool. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. You can always go and grab this on bobwp.com. 
Uh, we're over on YouTube and we're on Spotify and iTunes and all those other great places. And don't forget uh, Liquid Web, our sponsor for this show. They offer a two-month 50% off their wonderful managed WooCommerce hosting. Just use the code BOBWPWOO and you're good to go. So again, thanks, Chris. Brad, always a pleasure, even though I do have another podcast. And (laughs) we'll see everybody next, oh, two weeks. Talk to you later. See ya. (laughs) 